0: Hi, everyone. I'm JJ Hornblass, host of FinTech Unfiltered. Welcome to this edition of our podcast from Bank Innovation, the nation's leading digital news source on FinTech and banking technology. This is our weekly wrap for what's happening in banking innovation during the week of November 9, 2020, Our thanks go out before we begin to Blend, Cardlinks, Mamboo, and Q2E Banking, uh, our advertisers for their support and sponsorship. So thank you to them. And I am so pleased to welcome Bianca Chan and Rick Morgan from the Bank Innovation team. Uh, It is Friday, November 13, 2020. This week, President-elect Biden made progress on preparing for the transition of power, naming key members of his transition team, while President Trump continued to think that election day never happened. Trump administration officials continued to test positive for COVID-19, the latest of whom was Corey Lewandowski, a Trump campaign advisor who was learned today has the virus. Overall, more cases are being recorded, uh, more cases of of COVID-19 are being recorded in the United States than ever before. The 142,000 cases reported on Wednesday set yet another record. FinTech uh, company Affirm is said to be planning an IPO for later this year. And finally, a British Columbia woman is now a Guinness World Record holder after being confirmed as the world's oldest living curling player at age 102 and 37 days. Lola Holmes has been playing curling since she was 24 or before curling was actually invented. This week also marked our banking automation, thank you Bianca, I know you appreciate that. This week marked our banking automation summit, which we were uh, very excited about and uh, thought was we really, I thought it was fantastic. We wanted to touch on some of the high points uh, from uh, the conference and um, let's start with some of the, the key sort of um, uh, takeaways that each of you had. Um, Bianca, you want to start with some of the key takeaways from the conference?
1: Sure, I would love to. Uh, so I'm happy to report that the financial services industry is starting to make movements away from paper-based processes. I mean, Um, And it's really interesting. That was something we heard across the board from financial institutions, regardless of size. Um, But there's a a couple of, it seems like there's three different, maybe approaches or three different phases that we're in. So you see um, institutions like Provident Bank, BNY Mellon, they're still getting mail-in deposits. They're still getting clients to fax in documents. I mean, and it's kind of crazy with the backdrop of, you know, automation, AI, all these different emerging technologies, quantum, cloud computing. How are we still struggling with with paper? So that's one side of the coin. Uh, Next phase, you see banks like Citi and TD Bank um, using OCR, optical character recognition, which is a type of AI, to sort of pull information from documents and working to digitize that. Um, And what I think is very interesting is you have other institutions like Wells Fargo Uh, And now what they're trying to do, and um, Amala Dagarala at Regions also kind of spoke about this, is they're trying to move away from not just automating inefficient tasks, not just doing those tasks faster, um, but they're trying to just eliminate docs altogether. Um, So especially in Treasury, uh, Alison Fleming at Wells Fargo was saying that customers really struggled um, with the document uploading and exchanging that. Uh, was required during the pandemic these past few months. Uh, and so instead of making their customers kind of go through that process, they're tightening up existing data management, using data that they already have, um, figuring out which public sources of data can be used uh, instead of getting you know, their customers to upload these documents and exchange back and forth. And then in cases when they don't have that information uh, internally or when they, there aren't public sources to have that information, they're actually standing up digital forms to for their customers to just input that data really simply online and then that data is digitized and they can move on from there so it's really interesting we're seeing these sort of different the different evolution of, of these banks of various sizes kind of moving away from paper-based products which uh, you know I'm very happy to report
0: <laughs> yeah I, I, I guess I uh, I, I think one thing that I, you know, I actually heard this f- related to the healthcare industry. There was, uh, I, I had heard that, that there are some, there's some thought that, you know, that, for example, some of the vaccines the, that, that we were talking about for COVID-19, you know, the speed of development is like unheard of uh, historically. Um, and there is this notion that, that the pandemic has just sped development times in a lot of different ways that, that, you know, the, the, the positive from the pandemic has been, you know, forcing, uh, forcing development. I, I my question is like, to what degree do we have this feeling that these developments, um, uh, in automation, if financial are, you know, getting away from, that paper as, as you're talking about. Now to what degree is it kind of endemic to or hypercharged by the pandemic or was just sort of happening on its own or is on, is, is on sort of a constant trajectory?
1: I, I think it was really, really, prompted by the pandemic. I mean, the fact that we still had these paper processes um, and that, you know, the banks hadn't dropped them yet was is very surprising. And just the sheer fact that you have like 80, 90% of these banks' workforces working from home. Uh, John Kamen, the CIO at Provident Bank, was saying they were struggling with really, really simple tasks as like, who's there to pick up the mail? I don't think they would have even um, come to realize that uh, you know that archaic process. If they hadn't had to shift everyone to work from home, and then come to the issue of who's going to pick up the mail, who's going right. to deposit these mail-in these mail-in checks.
2: Right, uh, Rick. what were some of your
0: takeaways from the conference?
2: Yeah, I think one of the most interesting things that I heard. Uh, we're talking about John Kamen a lot, so I, <laughs> but I will talk about him again. Is when he was talking about how robotic process automation, while it can be very helpful, uh, is something of a band-aid solution. Is I believe the term that he used. Uh, meaning that, you know, it fixes these sort of one-off problems and automates them, but it's not a full end-to-end solution that really overhauls the core technology. Um, And uh, in our conference, or in our uh, session with Joanne Wiper uh, from Citizens, uh, in the last panel, she she stopped short of calling it a band-aid because she thought that had some sort of negative implications, Uh, but she did sort of agree that, you know, it is not an end-to-end solution. It is more of just... Um, a temporary fix for sort of these one-off um, processes. So that stood out to me. I mean, you know, to be honest, I didn't know a ton about RPA before this conference, and um, to learn that it's not synonymous with automation as a whole, uh, I thought was an interesting takeaway. Um, I also thought that a lot of the banks talked about um, pulling employees from all areas of the bank to be um, involved in automation efforts, and how low-code technology can sort of put this engineering tech in the hands of people who aren't necessarily engineers uh, and get them involved in in automating these functions in the bank. So that was another takeaway for me, just how prevalent that was.
0: Yeah, I mean, my sense is is that um, I would say that of the functions that are currently undertaken in the banking industry today, I think 70% of them will be – um, I would say 70% of them will be automated within five years, because you, you know taking away these mundane processes really allows it. Really has a multiplying effect on productivity. So I, I think that banking industry from this stand, from the automation component is is really. Uh, it it is really going to transform the industry over the next, you know, five, six years. Um, I'm not sure we'll recognize the industry to a large degree in the sense that some, you know, this kind of like stereotype of of like, oh, could you believe they still use paper? Um, I I think that that will be, uh, you know, gone. They have no
2: choice. They have to. Uh, So, Rick, what are we working on for next week? Uh, We're still going to be covering some things from Banking Automation Summit. There's a lot of stories that came out of that. Uh, We're also going to be looking at some uh, technologies that were developed inside of banks uh, that are being sort of broadcast out to the wider ether of other banks. Um, And I know Bianca is working on some things as well.
1: Yeah, some more industry events. We've got the Future of FinTech Conference, City Innovation Week. So taking a look at what's going on um, at organizations like Citi, Goldman Sachs, and 26 So keep your eyes peeled for that.
0: Okay, good. And uh, there are already, there's a lot of coverage from the Banking Automation Summit uh, already on bankinnovation.net. So you should check that out. And, uh, and of course, a visit with us on Twitter and LinkedIn. Uh, Thanks so much for joining us. We'll catch you next time.